Hello retro movie fans and welcome back to the 1980s movie graveyard. We're digging up yet another cult classic 80s film tonight. But first, I gotta ask, Corey G, what are you drinking? Raspberry sparkling water, which I almost got the hot cocoa because mm. we had a cold front go through here. I had a, I had a, I couldn't find my toque, so I had to put the hood on from my hoodie. Yeah, we got a cold front too. Um, I don't have a toque on, but I got some Raiders slippers on my feet right now. I could make so many jokes, yet I won't. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so we're very happy to be back in the graveyard. We're happy to get all the responses, the downloads, the mentions, everything you guys are doing out there. Like, we, we got fans from even across the world, don't we, Corey? We have got a ton of fans from the U.K. Yeah, so we want to throw a special shout-out to all our friends on the other side of the pond downloading the show enjoying the show and most of all enjoying 80s movies oh because there's nothing better that's right but if you get tired of listening to the 80s graver maybe you just heard all the episodes what's something else they should be listening to Corey? you need to check out meat for the beast podcasts the podcast like you said from our friends across the pond awesome music in it lots of great comic book superhero talk uh, you know, go to go book the face. You know the thing I don't do. Mm-hmm. Look up the meat for the beast. We'll put a we'll post a link on our page too. But go ahead and give them guys a like. Yeah, what I like give them a listen. What I like about their show is they're very frank and honest. Uh, one guy even mentioned that he walked he walked around the college campus with a Jack Kerouac on the road book in his pocket, so everyone to see how cool he was. But he admitted later he never read the book. <laughs> that's what I like about me for the beast spot. That's right. Yep, everybody got to go check that one out. Get it downloaded. I have to listen to the links off to Facebook because I don't have an iPhone. That's right. But remember, if you do have an iPhone, you go on iTunes and subscribe and review. Meet for the Beast, as well as the 1980s movie Graveyard. And if, if if you don't like our Facebook page, you heard about this another way, be sure to like our Facebook page as well. That's right. And if you don't have Facebook, you don't have iTunes, you, I don't know what you have or don't have. But Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, you, you can check us out on Twitter as well. So check out Meet for the Beast on Twitter. Yes, you can. And you can also get a hold of us personally. At our email at the 1980s movie graveyard at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what you want to hear. Because, hey, Corey, as everybody knows, our listeners know, we're not above letting the fans decide what movies we watch next. Now, I got to say something. I was listening to this. Well, you told me to listen to a slow hand radio show called The Second Run Podcast. I sure did. You said turn it in at the one minute or the two hour. And 40-minute mark. Yeah. I was about to cuss your ass because what I needed to hear was at the two-hour and 42-minute mark. So I had listened like almost a minute and a half of just utter dribble. Well, who wouldn't want to listen to two extra minutes of the Second Run podcast? Well, but I'm listening, and they try to do an impersonation of me and you now. Now, to their credit, they did a pretty good Corey G. But I'm sorry, the impression of you is poop, cousin, when Jelly just went, who did that? Who did that for the fans? Yeah. That was the worst thing I ever heard. It didn't sound anything like me at all. They did me pretty good, though. Yeah, they did kind of nail you. 
But see, you know what? They should have done that like right in the beginning. Then people would have went, oh, it's the good podcast and maybe subscribed. And they've got some listeners next week before they realized what poop they were hearing. That's right. Because, you know, there, there's a lot of podcasts out there and there's a lot of, you know, verbal uh, punches thrown. But, you, you know, you got to watch out when you're dealing with the GOAT and Corey G. Because we might be just regular kickboxers now, couldn't we? We could. Oh, wait, real quick. Hi, Bird. Bird, how you doing? We've actually got a verbal commitment from Bird to come do a show soon. Let's see if he lives up to his word. I think he will. He seems like a stand-up guy. As I was saying before, tonight's episode is devoted to the awesome... Oh, wait, cousin. Wait, cousin. I don't want anybody to get their feelings hurt. Hi, Trevor. Trevor, how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Who does that for the fans? Who does that? (laughs) that? Were you going to say hi to the source as well or on it? Damn good. Okay. That's right. Tonight we'll be covering the barely 80s because it came out in 89, if I'm not mistaken. The great Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'd say this is an early building block of his career, wouldn't you? third film if you don't count breaking is one of them <laughs> exactly that's right i think his first was what it was black eagle i think with kasuki then right. he went right into because that was the canon deal the three picture i assume so he went into blood sport and then right to kick or was cyborg before this um, i think cyborg was before i think this. cyborg was right before this so this would be his fourth movie fifth if you count breaking that's right all you van damme maniacs we're talking about kickboxer Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Smoking is not permitted in this auditorium. It's the law. this played in theaters but it didn't play around here yeah i saw cyborg was the first van damme movie i saw in theaters and i didn't even know who van damme was i just saw it was about a robot so i went to see it but yeah i i I don't remember kickboxer whatsoever i remember death warrant being in theaters like that was the first one i saw with him in the theater and i was really at the time disappointed in it because i had seen blood sport before it and you know that's all action where death warrant was kind of had a plot yeah it's grown on me since Oh, all all these classic movies, because, you know, when we're in the moment, we didn't realize how classic they were, but now we do. (laughs) Well, now we got to appreciate them all. Well, yeah, because these are rated R. You don't don't get that anymore. No, you don't. So we're going to go ahead and get the movie rolling tonight. We got some scene constructions. Now, the opening logos of this movie are a little bit different, depending on whether you have the Blu-ray or the DVD. I have the Blu-ray. Corey's watching on the DVD. So go ahead. Now, hold on. Don't make it sound like I'm some cheap-ass punk. I have the out-of-print Lionsgate Kickboxer where Extreme Fighting began box set that comes with Kickboxer 1 through 5. That's right. 
I don't got no fucking Walmart dollar bin drop bootleg DVD. <laughs> well, I'm just letting the people know that these DVDs are mastered differently. Now, now, personally, I like to let the fans decide which format they watch the movies on. I don't judge them whatsoever. But anyway, Unless they're watching the bootleg or the YouTube. Yeah, don't watch the YouTube, please. For all our UK fans out there, please don't watch the YouTube. Get get your local, and you know, what do we say? Import it from a reputable vendor. <laughs> yeah, Amazon UK. You know, I'm yeah. here in the states, and I buy a lot of stuff from Amazon UK. Even even though sadly sometimes it ends up costing a few bucks more nowadays, as the American dollar has really gone down to crapper. Yeah, but who wouldn't want to buy anything from Amazon UK? You get all the movies two months before they come on DVD here. Plus, that's how I got my big. Uh, phantasm spear mm-hmm. and i got my i got my prince of darkness you know three years before shop factory ever put it out with the exact same special features that's right and i got my streets of fire blu-ray but in order to play most of these you got to have a region free player because everybody knows the region free dvd slash blu-ray player is the player's choice without a doubt that's right so we're going to get the movie rolling because you can even get the stone cold brian bosworth region two with the funky Terminator color. Yeah. You, you, you can't get that unless you got the Region 2. How And how could you not want to enjoy the Boz? <laughs> Who wouldn't want to enjoy Brian Bosworth on the Region 2? Who wouldn't? So Who does that for the fans? Who does that for the fans? You ain't never going to be the man. That's who he sounded like. That is, that is who he sounded like. All right, so we actually got it on the opening credits. You go past the you know company logos. Opening credits. The very first credit says Kings Road Entertainment presents uh, yellow font on a black background. That's where we have a pause at. So we're going to say one, two, three, go. And when I say the word go, hit play on your remote. There, come on, everybody, kickbox it up. One, two, three, go. Kings Road Entertainment presents. It's funny when you have your Blu-ray like all paused for a while, and then you uh, like hit it, and then you have to hear it like whirl up again. <laughs> it goes yeah, it's wake up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's believe it or not, fans. There are five of these. They're currently making a sixth, and then there's also a remake. Yeah, a remake. I, I, have you seen the pictures of uh, Batista as the new Tong Po with that fake wig on? It, it's much like the. Uh, my friend there, the moose. Yeah, I don't like that Dave Bautista. <laughs> no, no. Now here, now here we have a um, opening, I guess kickboxing match, but they're they're really just punching it first between a um, African American gentleman and a young uh, Latino gentleman, and somehow one of these men is supposed to be Jean Claude Van Damme's brother. I don't get that whatsoever. He was, you know, the guy, his name escapes me. I think it's Dennis something. Dennis Alexio. He, he is actually a kickboxer and a little piece of trivia. He was undefeated for his first, I don't know, I want to say like five or six years mm-hmm. until he faced movie superstar Don the Dragon Wilson, who beat the living shit out of him. Is that true? It is true. Uh, the only thing, if you watch the fight, uh, Don the Dragon did seem to hit about 10 rounds full of low blow kicks. So mm. I assume the ref was paid off. 
Well, I, he- I had heard uh, via IMDb that Dennis the Terminator Alexio is considered to be one of, if not the greatest heavyweight kickboxing champions in the sports history. I heard his record is an outstanding 70-2 and two with 65 wins by way of knockout. I heard That's that. True. Yeah, I heard Alexio developed a strong friendship with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and the two made the highly popular, successful film The Kickboxer together. I also heard that Alexio is now retired from fighting, but appears at many functions for both the film and martial arts communities. And I believe he was arrested on, arrested on tax fraud a few years back. <laughs> was he? That I didn't hear that through uh, IMDb. Here's what I don't get. Here's the first of many things that make no sense in this film. Mm. You know, he's defending his title. And, uh, you know, yep, I'm going to go defend my belt. You know, I'm the world champ. I'm going to go to Thailand. going to defend it against their champion. Yeah. Now, I don't, keep I'm... that in mind, fans. <laughs> yeah. We'll get back to that later, but keep that in mind. I don't think this guy understands how a world champion belt really works. <laughs> Well, okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. Now, they just go to Thailand, and he fights this guy in the afternoon. Now, I'm sorry, but wouldn't the WKA, you know, holders of your world title belt want to cross-promote it and do pay-per-view? Apparently not. Let this guy just go to some shitty-ass rake in the middle of a Sunday afternoon to kickbox. Yeah. <laughs> Was his title on the line? It, it, it's really funny here because... You know, the movie starts out there in Thailand or wherever they are. They're actually, uh, it looks like they're touring the filming locations for Mortal Kombat and, uh, <laughs> about five years before they shot it. And then <laughs> there's a, I mean, these are, let's be honest, these are like beautiful temples, very picturesque. Uh, they're riding around, I should mention, in a little boat. There's a wall with a bunch of fully frontal naked kids jumping off. And Van Damme then starts taking pictures of the kids, not of the beautiful ancient temples. He he wants to bring back photos of naked children bathing in this dirty-ass water. Plus, he looks like a gay breakdancer right here with the denim vest without the shirt and the denim pants. Yeah, venom death with no uh, sleeves on. And he's got, this is one of the Van Damme-era films where he had the nerd hair. Remember when Van Damme wanted to look like a nerd? Does he have that weird knot on his head in this one? I'm pretty sure he does. I think that happened. What the hell is that thing? Pussy alive. Jugs bar. Jugs yeah. bar. And now they show all the prostitute areas of Thailand over there. Yeah, you would really think that uh, as if I was the owner of the Kickboxing Association of America, I wouldn't want my guy going here. No. I mean, first of all, you know, if he gets beat, it's going to be bad for publicity. If he has sex with all these hookers, which he's going to do right now, like he actually goes up to a prostitute right now and gives her flowers. Does he not understand how a prostitute works? <laughs> Obviously, they're in Thailand, correct? I believe so. Why is every goddamn sign in English? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they know that uh, only Americans want to come have sex with their dirty hookers over there. Yeah, see, that was it. That was my thing with this. It's just like, okay, so... Why didn't they make a big deal, you know, a unification bout or promote it or anything? This this guy just went on his own. They should strip him of the belt. Well, not only that, but, um, like, did you see that credit that popped up when they were getting out of the cat, the taxi fight scenes directed and choreographed yeah, by John Clive that. Andy? That's some, uh, that's some diva shit there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I don't, I've always questioned, much like slow hands to call, I've always mm-hmm. questioned his... I'm not, I'm not saying I dislike him. I'm a big fan of him, but I've always questioned his martial arts abilities. Mm. 
you know, ergo, I don't think he had any until like later on. Yeah, I, I, I think I believe in Van Dam's like little kickboxing record though, or whatever he was. Like, I don't, I don't think they were co- contact tournaments or whatever. You know, I think that's where people. I believe get. Chuck Zito beat the fuck out of him in a bar. Well, he was drunk and sitting down at the time. To be fair, Van Dam was. Yeah, I just think I think Chuck Zito could beat the shit out of him if he was sober and standing up. Now this guy, the world champion Dennis the Terminator Alexio, um, young Latino gentleman with uh, Jerry Curl hair, also a brother of Van Dam. Yeah, I was going to say the Mexican who's the French guy's brother. Yeah, um, they're they're training for this big world championship fight, like in a public park where like men are selling birds out of cages and shit. Don't you well, think? Don't you think he could afford to like rent out a gym for an hour or something? Well, that's the other thing. Now, let's say I'm his opponent, mm. and he's training in a public park. I would be watching him to know his moves. That's right. why these people have training camps, you know, because it's like a it's camp. A they don't want you to see what they're doing. It's secret. Mm. Apparently, and why maybe. is Van Dam, who's clearly the more agile of the two, the corner man? Well, not only that, not only is he the corner man, but they act like he's like a wimp in this early part of the movie, don't they? Yeah, because he's doing all the tip-tap kicks and all that. He says, you got to do the power. You got to show him the Latino heat, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you got to show him what it means to be a real Guerrero here. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're recording this on the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death. Oh, that's very sad. Now, see, look at Okay. Why doesn't it say, like, it just says, welcome to the stand. Why doesn't it say... The American Pig versus Tong Po or some. See, it's a, there's nothing going on here. It's a shithole. It is a shithole. And I like how the Welcome to Bangkok Stadium banner was, like, covering the eyes of, like, half the crowd up in the seats. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, what do you call it, third world USWA wrestling. Yeah. Champions, I will tell you, after I, I saw this, I... I after I saw this, I did start taking uh, Thai boxing here for a little bit just because I got fascinated by how they fought. Really? Mm-hmm. But if you ever watch, like, the Thai boxing and all that shit, it's like guys that are fighting in the ring right now. It's these little skinny guys. Yeah, they're real. Um, I would say, uh, what's that guy that Paul Walker beat the shit out of? Um, um, elephant dude. Tony oh, Ja. Tony ja, yeah. he's, he's about buff for a Thai boxer, so to speak. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they look very uh, malnourished. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm glad this guy gets crippled. I mean, well... He's a cocky prick. He is a cocky prick. Because, like, you know how you're supposed to restrain from sex with your wife or girlfriend before a fight? He's just banging every hooker in the town that he can. Maybe Tong Po smells the VD on him. He does. And uh, trying to do some... See, here's the first time you see Tong Po, who actually... I don't know if that was his real hair or what, but... Yeah, Tom Poe was pretty fucking cool looking. In part four, it was a fake guy with a prosthetic glued on him, so that wasn't <laughs> too impressive. Like but, but in one and two, it is this guy, Michael Klesai, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah, who's uh, I believe good friends with Van Dam. I think that's how they he got in here. He was the Turk in Bloodsport, and he was also I can't remember. He was in that fantastic Van Dam movie, Street Fighter. <laughs> oh, was he? I didn't remember him. I can't remember which one he played. Okay, this is game a long time. This is like the pivotal scene of the movie here, where Van Damme sees Tong Po kicking this like support, this uh, concrete support beam, which uh, clearly is a fake beam with baby power <laughs> up top over it. What, what do you say? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he, get, you can tell he's like all scared, and he's just like, oh, you know, he's gonna break it. You know, you think the guy knocked down the building. Exactly. And look yeah. at this guy. Where my ice? Where he at? Because Van Damme's telling him, you know, look, your Mexican ass is gonna get beat. Now I have to say, like Van Damme's acting. This is the best part in the entire movie, where he's like, where he's like. Eric, don't do it. You didn't see this guy. He's fucking crazy. He's just kicking the thing. Like, uh, 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 kicking it over and over. He's he fucking crazy, Eric. Like, it's just like, it's like the worst Frenchiest. It's like the height of Van Damme's Frenchie accent. See here. The guy was kicking it. And the pastor was vomiting that. Uh. He's like so excited to be telling his brother this. His brother don't care. He's just like. <laughs> his brother's already, he's already trying to put like ice all over and make him a little slipperier in the clinch. Yeah, I was wondering why he why you want to make your muscles cold before a fight. I didn't get why he's putting ice water all over him. So think about it: if you're out soaking wet and I grabbed you, you'd slide off easier. Right, but wouldn't your muscles be cold though? Wouldn't you want hot water on you? Actually, I would just put oil on myself, and that'd be real slippery. You'd be like Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would baby Seth oil Rollins. up your chest hair. <laughs> Got hurt. Yeah, his uh, knee fell apart. Um, I think it had something to do with the fact that he's a shitty WWE wrestler, but I'm not sure. I can't believe he's a wrestler. I mean, he's what? Maybe about 190 pounds? These guys are little nowadays. Yeah. They're like children doing gymnastics in the ring. Okay, what do you think about Tong Po praying in the ring, considering he's such an evil man? He's praying to his God, which, you know, that's not the God I pray to, so (laughs) probably some witchcraft shit. He's probably Plus, for praying. some reason all the people that pray and do things usually end up raping and killed later in the movies anyway. Yeah, I think he's praying to uh, B- Billzy Bub, the guy who made yeah. Ant Farm Dickhole. That's the I don't know what that that the yeah, I, I don't know is that his real hair? Uh, it you know it looks like like if you look at the part where like his ponytail in the front, it looks like like there's like a like a like a line there like it glued on. And I have to think, you know, for your hair to get that long, like, you'd have to grow your hair really long. I don't think you would want to shave three-fourths of it off for this shitty movie. Uh, you'd have to be doing that from, like, childhood or something. Well, then again, yeah. though, I guess when he takes it out, it would cover it. Yeah, I think he probably shaved the top and they clipped an extension. We should have uh, paid more attention to Bloodsport to see if he had long-ass hair in that. I think he was bald in it. Right. Yeah, I don't think that's real hair. It kind of looks like horse hair at the end, too. Kind of. I don't know if I can fight with that music playing. Yeah, it's really like uh, snake charming music or something. Now, see here, if you recall when I used to write reviews, my review for this movie was not called Kickboxer. It was called The Documentary of the World's Worst Corner Man. (laughs) So let's watch this punk-ass bitch corner man he's got there. The the guy's been dropped once. I mean, I give him credit. He's he's probably already half-exhausted throwing these kicks that don't seem – that's illegal Mm -hmm. twice. That's illegal. <laughs> well, the, that's legal. Knees are legal. Now, what do you think about how he unloaded on Tong Po and, it, and didn't even face Tong Po? Now, I mean, Dennis the Terminator Alexio is a world class uh, kickboxer. You know, even within the context of this fictional movie, sh- I mean, shouldn't his punches and kicks do something to Tong Po? You would think, but here's the thing: there he's down twice. I would have thrown the right here. Van Dam should have thrown the towel in. Right. But I mean, it, look at they're scraping this fucker off the mat. And that was the quickest three round or three minutes I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he should have been dragging the guy out of there. Like, and obviously the guy would have protested, but at least it would have saved his life, kind of. 
See him tell my father want street fight essay. I gonna get him. Yeah, he even complains to Van Damme that the music's driving him crazy, and Van Damme says, "Ah, oh, just ignore that music." <laughs> yeah, this is how they fight down here. You cannot do this. I can't remember everything he said. Yeah, Van, oh, I got the subtitles. Van Damme keeps saying, "Let's cancel, let's cancel, please." It's like, well, if you canceled the match, wouldn't be happening. You want to mean you'd quit now? Yeah. Now, see, right here is where I have the problem. Look Van Damme throws Damme. in the towel. Now look at. Now see how he's going to deliver the death blow here. The and Van Damme's just going, no, Van Damme could have grabbed his hair. He could have jumped in. He could have pushed him. He just stood there going, no. That is, guy got crippled. That is true that Tong Po was in Van Damme's arm's reach. And uh, it, it, Tong Po really choreographed what he was going to do to his spine there. Yeah. I mean, he's sitting there posing. Van Damme could have very easily prevented that. Yeah. I like when Van Damme tried to crawl in the ring and confront Tung Po, and he's like, asshole, asshole. <laughs> I was like when, when Tung Po ripped up his belt. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, we're not really listening to this with the sound on, but I do have to remark, this This is like one of the most remarkably dubbed films I think I've ever heard. Oh, yeah, 100%. I like how Van Damme, he's not worried about his brother. He's worried about getting a ripped up belt. Yeah, Tung And telling the random the, fan, uh, you've got to help me. I like that, the, the the muscle guy, the mobbed up dude there. You just throw that guy and throw that American piece of garbage in the street. Yeah, I like that Van Damme is naive to think that there's a, um, like, ambulance coming when they're really just throwing him in the street. Mm-hmm. And then locking him out. Yeah. Where's the goddamn call hospital? Him. I like that. Let's call him a cab to hospital. Hey, he's Mexican. And yeah, I just let him lay there. In all fairness, what did they think was going to happen when they booked a fight in Bangkok Stadium? Yeah, uh, that's definite hometown advantage. Yeah, I mean, Thailand is such a tricky place. You don't even know if the person you're sleeping with is a man or a woman. And you think they're going to, you know, adhere to all these kickboxing regulations and rules? Luckily, as luck would have it, an American was there watching it with two hookers. Hookers, So, you know, he's going to help take him to the hospital. They should do a lot of jabber jaw, though, for a guy laying there dying. Yeah. Now, we kind of brushed over it, but when they were training in the park, um, Van Damme was, was telling um, uh, his um, Latino brother that uh, the mother, their mother and father fought a lot and did get along, but they did because they're brothers and their parents would be proud. Now, okay, was this a situation where, like, Van Damme's mother was once married to that guy's father and then Van Damme's father was once married to that other guy's ex-wife? Like, this had to be some really fucked up genetics to make... A Latino older brother in a French Belgium. <laughs> it makes even less sense then is that you find out they have a third brother in the sequels played by Sasha Mitchell. Who's completely from white. Texas. Yes. And American. And, and what I don't get is in that one, you know, he talks about how he didn't want to ever go to Thailand because that's where his brothers got killed. They must have been a falling out because you think he would have flown over here when he heard his brother was crippled. Well, to be fair, if you if you look at like the timeline of when the first Sasha Mitchell kickboxer film came out and then when this movie came out Sasha Mitchell was probably like what 15 when this happened I'm just just saying you think they would have at least never mind but you you gotta admit the Sasha Mitchell ones are better I've actually never really I think I've seen part of two but I never really sat down and watched them fans uh, I actually saw the whole kickboxer quadrilogy is available this is late um, uh, November 2015 as I recorded this 
They are all available on Netflix streaming, so you can get caught up there if you have that service. The best one is part four with fake Tong Po, but that's got the best uh, combination of fighting scenes. It's almost like Bloodsport. Well, from reading the synopsis, that one sounded like it was completely a different storyline. If, if you watch them all, it follows. Yeah. Part five is kind of, eh. Yeah. Now, what do you think of this medical diagnosis here that his brother will never walk again, and the Van Dam keeps grabbing the doctor? Do you do you find this? Uh, you do know, you need he, to where he keeps saying you got to fix him? Yeah. I think he's an idiot, or he's in shock. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's in shock, but I mean, do you think this doctor, you know, these guys come in in boxing clothes and shit, do you think he really cares that this guy walks again, this doctor here in Thailand? Probably not. Yeah. But in all honesty, if someone breaks your back, there's not much a doctor can do for you. Yeah, that's true. So it puts you in one of those beds where you can't move for six months, huh? Yeah, because his brother must have been laid up in this hospital for a long-ass time. Oh, yeah, there's there's at least a dozen training montages that his brother sleeps through in the hospital. I wonder if the American embassy got involved in this. I'm sure the American emb- embassy probably declined once they saw how stupid these guys were. Well, and they're probably like, okay, well, one's French, one's Hispanic. Get out of here. <laughs> they're like, why are you at the American embassy again? This hospital doesn't even look like a hospital. That... that that looks like an abandoned high school. You ever seen a hospital look like that empty a corridor? No, I didn't. Because the waiting room looked like it had like a futon. For <laughs> yeah, you, you, when you watch this, you can clearly tell that the, 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 this one probably was filmed over in Thailand, I would assume. Oh, yeah. I mean, you those were real hookers that they were walking by on the street. You could tell earlier. Oh. And then wearing the pleated pants there. Yeah, I give Van Damme credit. He is he out of the group. He's probably the better, the best actor of the bunch. Oh yeah, I mean this movie he was lousy in because it was very early on, but he got way better as the movies went on. I thought. Where it's funny, where Slowhand actually got worse as he went along. He did because he was actually <laughs> well. Slowhand had a lot of powerful directors and agents helping him out early on, and then eventually those people went away, and Slowhand just did his <laughs> urban. <laughs> I can't tell if he got if he got worse in his acting or if he just got lazy. I think he got lazy as he got older, to be honest with you. Chuck Norris was never a good actor. Oh, no, Chuck Norris. That's why I say, I mean, like, as far as Van Damme's movies go, this is technically, like, the part of Van Damme kind of sucking as an actor, but he's still better than Chuck Norris right here. Now, the first time I saw this when I was... Oh, I think I would have still been in school when this came out. Uh, yeah, I was still in high school when this. Or I was in high school when this came out. I was kind of almost bored with it the very first time I watched it because I was used to blood sport. And now, you don't really get another fight here for a good forty minutes. Yeah, I remember this movie. I actually watched this movie more on Sunday afternoons on like over the air TV. You know what I mean? It was on a lot. And um, as far as the video store, I remember like the friends and shit. Like this is the movie you would rent when you're just tired of renting blood sport. Because I rent, I was excited. I got it like right that Saturday it came out. I was, I mean, I was psyched. I had my pizza ready to go. I had, you know, I had my soul. I turned on. I was just like, what the hell? 
What t-shirt were you wearing when you watched it? Because you had such a vivid memory of having the pizza. Yeah, I I remember it because I was, like, real disappointed. I was, like, so much looking forward to this movie because, you know, I was watching Bloodsport on a regular basis back then. Yeah. I was like, oh, finally a new one. I can't wait. And I remember I didn't, didn't like, go anywhere. I wanted to purposely, I was going to stay home and watch that and enjoy it and everything. And what a letdown. I have to say, though, this movie's really grown on me over the years. I think, oh, shoot, I think maybe early in the days of, like, Netflix DVDs renting, I think I rented the DVD to give it a full watch, because I would always see it on TV and shit with commercials in it and stuff, so, like, you know, like, once I actually sat down and watched it, you know, especially once I became a true Van Damme fan, um, I don't know, I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I don't, I think out of, it's the weakest I really think of the series, and... I don't think it holds up very well, mm. but if you've never seen it before and you're just watching it now, you probably aren't going to like it. I'm going to go out on a limb, but yeah, I mean, like if you're a fan of it, I mean, it's like, you're going to quit being a fan. Well, like also too, I feel like this one, there's a lot of, um, little touches that Van Dam put in it to make it autobiographical, like that training scene at the park with his brother he was talking about how he took ballet first you know all this, like which is all real shit that van damme did and like this scene where he's like wandering around looking for a gym to train him and shit like i, I think all this is kind of loosely based on van damme's young life as like a teenager you know it's like how they all keep laughing at him yeah and they're like little scrawny kids that he could probably beat the shit out of mm. now he's being stalked by that guy yeah do you think Van Dam could have fought and beat the shit out of all them skinny twelve-year-old tie boys in their training? Like all of them uh, at once, like fifty of them. Nah, if they jumped him, I think he'd have been fucked because they kind of established early on he was a bitch. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, look at how scared he was of Tong Po. He went running because some guy was kicking the fucking wall. Wall ain't gonna hit back. Slow hand would have been up in that shit. Didn't see him. He's like kicking the beam like crazy, huh? I don't think he has the knot yet, or if he does, his hair is covering it. Well, see, I think that's why he had that nerd hair that like all sweeped over. Which, which, that's like a haircut right there when you're so young that like not only do you have a full head of hair, but you have like baby hair. You know what I mean? It looks like Van Damme has like a, a head of a three year old kid in here. With this fucking fluffy, stupid hair. I can't throw stones, cousin. Yeah, I, I can't have hair like this. I can't have this, you know, fluffy, whatever, baby hair. I don't have hair. <laughs> she did have hair one time. I did. Just Van- like a Johnny Depp has the nice hair. He does. Van Damme, Van Damme's not, um, he's not really balding, but he has, like, really strange hair. He's, like, crackhead hair now when you see it. Well, he's... I don't think he's all there, to be honest. He's manic depressant, isn't he? Yeah, and, and a lot of it like got out of control when he had his drug problems. Did he have like a five gram a day coke habit or something? Yeah, I mean, it was, like, well, according really to him, crazy. I don't know. Now this one girl that's dancing like super fast, she actually has some nice jugs for a Thai lady boy, don't you think? Yeah. Most of them were just kind of flat up and down I wouldn't bother with. But there was one in that bunch there. I like how he's looking for somebody to help avenge his brother's death. And this guy takes him to a titty club. <laughs> yeah. 
And Van Damme even tried to say something like he didn't want to go in here, and the guy's like, I don't go to raunchy clubs anywhere, like, meaning this place is like class. Well, they almost make it out like he's asexual. Yeah, that is true. Ah! Huh? Perrier water. Perrier. Are you still going to stand by your assessment that Van Damme's a, a, a wimp in this when he's drinking the Perrier sparkling water? I'm going to have to because they're in this titty club. And he's down yeah, in them like, um, like their beers or something. <laughs> like, like Would when, you drink any form of water in Thailand, whether yeah. it be bottled or not? Yeah. Now, this guy here... I'm blanking on his character name, but I feel like this guy was the, uh, um, what do you call it, the prototype for the Joshua character in uh, Lionheart, wouldn't you agree? Played by um, uh, the one dude who was also Captain Trunk on the show Sledgehammer, also from the 80s. That's right. I like Lionheart a lot. I do too. I really want to do it, but the only problem is, um, for this show, but the only problem is it came out in 1990. Imagine one day, cousin, if we could talk about a movie that came out in 1990. We might have to do a, like a spinoff if, if this takes off. So you hear that, fans? Who did that? Who did that for the fans? Who did that for the fans? If you, if you let us know, keep getting the likes up, keep getting the downloads up, we might start to spin off of that 90s show. That's right. I was thinking of a 90s uh show uh, names the other day. Did you have any good ones? Well, for some reason, the 1990s movie Mausoleum keeps jumping out to me. But I don't know if we want to go with two deathly themed names in a row. Maybe we could do something like a little more just lively, you know? Yeah, I was thinking of it's the 90s show, boyo. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would fly. I think the 80s movie Graveyard is a uh, good title. For some reason, people gravitated to that. I, I, th- I think it's important to have the right name. So we might have to you know, wait till early 2017 or so until we have the perfect name to launch a spin on. 1990s movie drive-in. That's actually pretty good. Better copyright it now because I'm sure some fucker's going to steal it for next week. <laughs> yeah. I just gave 19 podcasts a name for their two show. We could always call it the the 1990s post movie eatery. Ah, <laughs> that's pretty good. And then we could have Bird as a co-host and have him just eat into the microphone while we talk about the movie. Hi, Bird. <laughs> Bird. By the way. <laughs> But Bird, I'm going to give you uh let's give Bird a phrase word. Um, let's see. How about uh, skeleton? No. How about squirrel monkey? Bird, if you send us an email with the word squirrel monkey in the uh, subject line, I think I'll PayPal you twenty dollars. Oh, you can't beat that, Bird. Now, nobody tip him off. No, no, nobody tip him off. Well, the reason I'm bringing this up is Bird told us he listens to the show, and then we asked him what episodes. <laughs> yeah, if you recall, he said I was his favorite podcaster. Then the only episode he listened to is the one I wasn't on. Exactly. It makes no sense, Bird. But I add fans, the episode I wasn't on due to previous commitment is the lowest rated episode. I'd like to thank the fans for their support. <laughs> That's actually not true, cuz. <laughs> If that makes you feel better. 
in this story, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, Bird, send us an email at the 1980s movie graveyard with the title Squirrel Monkey in the subject line, and you'll get yourself a free $20 via That'll PayPal. buy you some steaks. Yeah, some steaks. Van Damme's tied up in a tree outside this uh, shack because they dropped him here to Z, where you meet Zian, who's going to yeah. train him in the art of tie boxing. Yeah. Zian stuck around. He was in part two and three. Oh, was he the same actor? Yeah, same guy, yeah. Dennis Chan, I think, is his name. Yeah. I have to say, uh, Zian, or what his name is, uh, he's very much the typical, you know, elder Asian martial arts teacher in this film. I saw him in a handful of movies. I always deemed him as the guy that was Mako was busy. <laughs> Mako uh, had a very interesting career. He always seemed to play a guy who was in the, like the corner of the room while the main scene was going on. You ever notice that about Mako? Yeah, I always like when Mako wore a toupee too because it was always like a big flat top for some reason. Was that did Mako have a toupee with that? That wasn't his real hair. He had a toupee in a, a dangerous place. Mm. That's the movie where the evil Tiger Claw karate gang is led by Corey Feldman. Oh wow, I have to see it. Okay, what do you think was Jan uh, flying through the air here and like kicking Van Damme in the face? Like that was so fast. Do you think there's any way that was real? Oh God, no. That was also like one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> because wouldn't you say he kicked him like four times in the face? Like he yeah, jumped with... up, kicked him like four times in the face before he then landed. Yeah, it's not possible. Well, I'm not saying it's not possible, but that was clearly a bad effect. Do you think that was like a mannequin, um, you know, leg? That I think it was like swung? a puppet foot they were swinging, yeah. yeah. They got what was left of the dummy from Reform School Girls. Because <laughs> as they, we know, dummies are really rare. Hey, let's use this. <laughs> Reform School Girls climbing the charts, as is Sam Kerr. That's right, and we want to say thank you, fans, because we actually let the fans decide which of our shows they download the most. Who does that for the fans? <laughs> Who does that for the fans? Bobby Boucher. Who does that? You're a new show, fans, and we gave you a special episode on thanks or on uh, <clears throat> yeah, thanks. on uh, yeah, Halloween. Now we're giving right. you a special show on Thanksgiving, and we promise we're even going to give you a special one on Christmas. So instead of Having to listen to your in-laws and your family run their mouths all day, you can listen to a show with people you actually like. That's right. I thought we scrapped the special Thanksgiving Day show, though. This is the Thanksgiving Day show. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Remember? I, I thought you were talking about the other special Thanksgiving show that's been now deemed a special back. Valentine's they got, Day they show. They got pushed to the Valentine's Day yeah, show. Okay. Yeah, this remind is because... The show. Remind me after the show that I got to get with you. I got some real special for Arbor Day lined up. Oh, nice. I know that's going to go over big. Because, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to spend Thanksgiving Day with Van Damme who's being thankful for uh, his brother getting to walk again, supposedly? And I just think it's creepy how happy he is when he sees these little dirty Thai kids. <laughs> it goes back to when he was taking photos of them naked. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Uh... Another thing I don't get to, it's obviously hot. He keeps walking around long sleeve shirts. If I was him, I'd be walking around in my underwear. Yeah, did you ever notice Van Damme was always like overly dressed in movies? Like he would have like a, he would take, always take like a long sleeve shirt and then try to roll the sleeves up. 
And, like, at a time when everybody else is wearing shorts, he wear pants, and then he pulled the pants up to, like, his, like, nipples almost. I wonder if he did it so that way at the end when he, you know, when he finally did rip the shirt off, you know, and the action seemed to look more impressive. That could be. He, like, he hides his body until the time is right to impress you. Now, see, here's the weird subplot that makes no sense. These gangsters, or these two toughs here, they work for a gangster that also employs Tong Po, right. and they're shaking down local merchants who never have any customers, <laughs> and one of them is uh, is this girl whose name, Mai Li is her Mai name, Lee, she's yeah. Zian's daughter. Isn't it funny how Van Damme walks up and says, like, this is fucking like a, a what do you call this, a hut in the jungle? And he says, yeah. is this the Mai Li store? <laughs> My favorite line is with Tong Po. I'm gonna, well, I'm, nah, I better not say it. Should I do a spoiler? Oh, yeah. I mean, they've already seen the movie already. When Tong Po beats the shit out of her and rapes her, mm. and at the end, he like, you bleed like my Lee. My Lee, a goo fuck. Because <laughs> the emphasis good. He's like, she goo fuck. You would have think Cannon would have done a crossover with this and brought Bronson in once she got raped. Oh, he was probably outside the window watching. About time, boy old. <laughs> Do you think he actually tipped Tong Po off to where she was? Well, think about it, too. This place is such a dirty pit. He probably could never figure, mm, where should I change my clothes? There's so many possibilities. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, my Lee. Do you <laughs> the my Lee store? Hey, boy old. Do you have, like, a bathroom that all the kids here are shit on the walls on? I got a nice three-piece suit I want to lay all over the bench in the sink. It's kind of hot for a tukey. What should I put on? I, no, I could see him going up. Is this the Miley store? Let me show you these pictures. This is what your store would look like in bamboo. This is what your store would look like in grass. This is what your store would look like with wood. This is what your store would look like decorated like a shit house. Please take the back alleys on your way home every night while I follow you. <laughs> now, did, See you, did you notice that there was like an old man smoking a pipe in the corner at the beginning of the scene? Oh, here he is again. He's right there. Like, how come nobody ever, like, there's always an old man doing that in these movies, like when somebody's getting robbed and shit. How come they never rob the old man? They always leave him alone. When in, when in America, we, like, it's always the old people getting robbed in real life. Oh. Well, here's what I don't get, man. Nam's trying to help her out by junking all her products. Yeah. I just want to know why they were shaking her down. She has no business. Exactly. Well, why I think it's just that every every business gets shaked down by Tong Po gang. Now, is, it, is it by Tong Po or is, is Tong Po just work for that guy, too? Well, I don't know because there's like a guy that's like... Doesn't he, like, when they fight later, isn't there, like, a guy in a chair watching or some shit? But it's... Yeah, I think it's, like, he's the boss and Tong Po works for him. Mm. Maybe he's the muscle. Tong Po is the raping arm of the operation? Maybe. We gotta get Paul Kersey on the case. Tong Po works in the, uh, deadly kickboxing slash raping part of the operation. I bet you if we look and pause, we'll see Paul Kersey looking through the window with the camcorder. <laughs> I think I saw his beady eyes through that palm tree back there. <laughs> the rape scene. It's about time I was just going to commit suicide. Now I got something to live for. Well, I heard they were shooting a new picture down here in the Philippines, pretending that it was Thailand. I figured I'd come down, see what I could find. What they should have done is had him train with Z and work some of that blubber off. 
Yeah. Now, okay, Van Damme doing Bloodsport and then Kickbox are pretty much two story-wise identical movies. Do you think he was taking a career vice at this time from Charles Bronson? Because Charles Bronson just did rape revenge movies like twelve in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that could be you know. But you know, I guess with a lot of these action guys, the the formula works. You know, some yeah. a fam, somebody gets killed, you go out for revenge. Yeah, I remember when I got this Blu-ray like whatever a year ago or whatever, and I was excited just to watch it in high def. I made my girlfriend watch it with me, and it was like one of those things where like the movie was so simple. That, like, it actually just worked better because it was simple. Like, whereas most movies are just so one note, they come a little boring. But just this story being so, like, one track minded, like, it actually made it work, I thought. The thing I want to know is why are they making him wear those rags to train in? Yeah. And, like, this scene also um, gets a little weird here. Uh,. That's not really the guy, is it? Like, the Jean guy? I I don't know. I wouldn't think so. Like, when they show him from the back, like, it looks like somebody with, like, a a wig on. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. And and, and from the back, he seems to have gained weight and looks a lot darker, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, too. His skin's (laughs) a lot darker when you look at him from the back. Maybe that's just his special martial martial arts power. See, like, the real guy has a big bald spot, but when they show him from the, the back from the other angle, it's real thick, like, glued-on hair. <laughs> no. Now, was it just me, or was that footage there they showed of the eagle in the sky? Or was that clearly stock footage? Oh, I had it, because it got, like, much scratchier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <when> <laughs> so maybe they originally wanted Bronson for this role as Paul Kersey. See, that would have been great. Uh, Paul Kersey goes on a Thailand vacation because he hears there's a lot of rapings going on. But then it's actually his uh, his uh, niece that he brought with him gets uh, paralyzed in a raping situation. <laughs> he has to go train with Jean. Well, they, no, he should be training Van Damme. Like, and, and instead of training, be like, okay, the first thing you do is you find the dirty bathroom and you change your clothes. Let's go out and practice tonight. <laughs> When I'm ever in a bad part of town and I realize that I have to change into something a little more comfortable, I just let my nose follow me to the stinkiest shitter nearby. <laughs> I lay my clothes out nicely all over the feces-infrusted floors, <laughs> and then I put on my toki. He's probably got, like, uh, probably everything he hears a sound, he thinks it's a rape whistle. Yeah. gets excited like a dog when you blow a dog whistle, and they blow the rape whistle, he gets all excited. Now, they showed it there, and they keep doing it. Um, he drops coconuts on the Van Damme stomach. Now, you, Corey, you've actually trained in some martial arts. Does, does uh, you know, you always see this in his movies. Does getting hit, like actually taking punishment to your body, actually toughen you up like that? Fuck no. No. That's I, I, can break, I can break a coconut, though. Yeah. There's a trick to it. To contrary to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm going to be like the pen and teller of martial arts. Cement bricks, blocks, coconuts—they're not what you would find at like your typical convenience store and/or construction site. Mm, no, brick bricks and cement blocks are baked usually for a few hours. Coconuts are dried and sat in the sun. And if you look, when the guy breaks the coconut, you hold it above the a little bit just above the center before you come down and palm it, because as you're palming it, you're also knocking it to the ground at the same time. All right. I'm not saying it's a magic trick. You got to train your hands, of course. That's why my hands feel like fucking sandpaper if you were to touch them. But yeah, there's there's little tricks and stuff to them. 
Well, there's clearly a technique to make it work. Now, it took me forever to learn to hit the bricks and just blow up the bottom one. Mm. Yeah, what's that supposed to be about, that you're redirecting your, your energy, your force or whatever? That's the dim mark, the death touch. No, I learned the, the, it from an old Hispanic down in Thailand. <laughs> now, uh, like, what would that do if you did that to a person? Like, if you hit them in the head, then their feet would hurt? Well, you would think, because of the way it is, if you hit them in the head, it would kill the person behind them. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you really think of the logic of it. Now, here Van Damme's having dinner with uh, Miley and her uncle, uh, Jean. Is it the uncle or the father? I don't know. Zian. Zian. I think he's the uncle. They're having dinner here. And uh, the way this story is laid out, because, like, he doesn't really meet any good, like, you know, nice people in Thailand until he goes to the jungle where the people are, I guess, more poor or whatever, living more simple. I feel like this movie is trying to... rich people in town that are running around naked bathing in dirty water. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not them, but I mean, like, in the streets and shit. Like, uh, like it seems like they make it seem like in the city, everybody's just a dirty hooker, like, hanging around, staring at you, wanting to take your money. But then if you go They're out... just and, simple, hillbilly, poor farmers. Yeah, if you go out to the farmers, they wouldn't take advantage of a young French-Belgian motherfucker at all. What's truly said is the people living out in the jungle are actually cleaner than the people in the dirty city. <laughs> yeah, that... Else. Okay, that actually is true. Yeah, she just yeah, called him Uncle Z, so... It is the uncle. Okay, he, he's got a shack in the middle of a jungle. Where's he got a bathroom and running water? How are they so clean? <laughs> Maybe like they bathe in the river or whatever, but just because it's a countryside river, it doesn't. It's not old brown. Now, cousin, what do you think? This this scene to me looks like it was shot in daylight and then turned blue to look at. Look like it's almost nighttime. It's really lit. Yeah, because you can kind of see where. It'd be. Yeah, I can see where you get that. Because it the. When you look through the leaves there when it's behind him, you can clearly see the sun's out. Yeah. And not only that, but if you look at their face, there's still highlights of light on their faces as well, you know. See, and I've never seen the infamous Night 90 Blu-ray where every night scene is supposedly blue. Yeah. Well, it's just really the days. It was actually the whole movie, but the, um, I guess the director of photography and Savini claimed they were looking for effect kind of what you see here. But uh, they ran out of money, so they didn't have the money to like color it the right way. So when oh. they did the so when they did the Blu-ray, they did it. But yeah, they went kind of overboard. But I have to be honest, like, because that was a real bone of contention with people. People really hated that transfer. I still rather watch that transfer than the DVD because the DVD of that movie looks like shit. And then people are like, "Well, you can get the Voodoo download with the original coloring, but that I mean that print looks like a, some grindhouse shit. It has scratches all over it." See, I didn't get that. Uh, I didn't get that when it came out. I don't think it's getting reissued by any studio anytime soon. So, if there's any fans out there that want to give me a Christmas present, mm-hmm. feel free to give me a, a Night Ninety Blu-ray. Yeah, if anybody happened to have a pile of like six extra copies laying around, send Corey G one. I'm sure there's people out there that got ten of them. Oh, I'm sure. There. Uh, last time I looked, I don't think anybody was really paying the going rate, but. Uh, the scalping prices are like up to ninety because I, I think it's right around a hundred. I think, but yeah, I'm not seeing any takers on that though. No, yeah, I've seen them go for like sixty. 
Fright Night, I think I see right around 100, too. Yeah. I'm pretty confident that's going to get issued by a studio, though. Well, there's, a, there's like, that German release or some bullshit, but the thing about it is, is it costs the same as the uh, expensive version. Christine, they did everybody. It did them dirty. They, they did me yeah, real I dirty got, on that. I yeah. got that for nine dollars. <laughs> yeah. I had to. Uh, well, I didn't, but uh, somebody out of generosity, as a Christmas gift or whatever it was when it came out, maybe a birthday gift, because I had missed out on it. Later on, they had a sale where you could get a copy for free, but you had to buy a hundred dollars worth of terrible movies. So mm. technically, my Christine cost a hundred dollars from the company. This is some medieval training right here. Yeah, it is. I bet Paul Kersey, if he was watching from the jungle, that's a good raping device. You see, boy, this is a good one. You get their legs spread, and then you go in for the real damage. (laughs) That would make you learn how to do the splits, though. Yeah, do you think that would just tear your hamstrings, or if it would really, like, improve your agility? I think, truthfully, it would tear your groin. Yeah. I mean, because he's not really doing the splits. No. The splits are a straight down drop. He's just pulling this guy's legs in half. I know. And that's his brother who's suffering from fever. Yeah, just because you break your back. Now, is he suffering from fever because he broke his back or because the cheap opioid medicine? <laughs> <laughs> he's got some kind of staph infection. That could be from being in that dirty uh, ring, Tong Po's dirty shit covered ring. Yeah, that, maybe that's where they bathe right there. That's the oh, bath, yeah. family bathtub. Is it a bathtub or a well where you get the drinking water? I can't tell. Maybe it's both. Yeah, they're going to have Van Damme sweat for uh, dinner tonight in their soup. Because he's training underwater. Like It's like water aerobics. That's, this is actually a cool looking scene, though. I wonder how they filmed it this. It is. Um, I like when he finally... Is it right here where he finally goes gets mad and knocks the whole tree down? I think that's later. I think he finally gives it a good whack and it hurts like a motherfucker. He, he like gets his leg all sliced up. That's a bamboo tree I think he's hitting, isn't it? Yeah. Don't and, they kill that poor dog? Yeah, yeah I think they do. And, and as we know, bamboo bends, but it don't break. Mm-mm. He's already pussing out. With his... They do kind of play him out as kind of a big... He's got some seriously jacked up legs. Yeah. You could tell he was... Well, Van Damme used to own a gym called the California Gym in Belgium. So you, you know, over the years, he he figured out what machines to use to isolate all them, you know, muscles and shit. I wonder if he can do the Van Damme lift. What's the Van Damme lift? Rob Van Damme. He set the Guinness Book of World Records and the weightlifting record for the Van Damme lift. Oh, then, then the real Van Damme couldn't do that, then. No, you think you would call it like the Rob Stokowski record. I wouldn't want my <laughs> record being under my fake pro wrestling name. <laughs> exactly. It'd be, be like the, uh, <laughs> it'd be like the La Parca world record. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive as shit, yeah. but yeah, it's just, it's like, it, they even named it the Van Damme lift. It's like, so you gave somebody else credit, basically. Yeah, when you said it, I thought you meant Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, Rob Van Damme. Yeah, RVD. Who's, who's starred in that, I think it's on Netflix streaming now with Danny Trejo in Three-Headed Shark Attack. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. Man. Did you ever see He's RVD in the horrible uh, Black Mask 2? 
Uh, what's worse is wrong side of town with him and Dave Bautista. Yeah, where where RVD goes out for dinner with his wife and ends up getting chased around town by Bautista and Ja Rule. <laughs> Bautista helps him because yeah. I think it's funny too. And if you look at the box, it's Batista real big on there now. Yeah. Yeah, it's because you know his wife gets raped, yeah, or attempted rape, and he kills the guy. He has like got to be one of the worst actors ever. Who RVD or Batista? Yes, I give Batista credit. He ain't that bad. He does pretty good, but Rob Van Dam sucks. But I always thought his interviews and everything were just boring as shit. See, I, I liked RVD and ECW when, um, uh, like you, like ECW the way it was set up, you didn't have to have some sparkling personality. You just Mm-mm. you just need to kick ass in the ring and then fucking just act like uh, arrogant. You know what I mean? He was just kind of like a lazy, like stoner type guy, arrogant, conceited, but he just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I fucking WWE awesome. turned him all arrogant. I didn't, I, or not arrogant, but uh, like airheaded. I didn't like that version of his character. I think here's where he gets mad and kicks down the tree, isn't it? Yeah, because he's having the... I don't know, the I like flashbacks the fl- to his horrible, cam- or his horrible corner man job. Yeah, I like that the flashback was in black and yeah, this is how you want it, like this. Uh, uh, uh. And then he fucking falls down with his broken-ass leg. I was going to say, that that would probably break your leg. At least crack your shin in half. Yeah, I don't think you would really recover from a fucked-up shin, though, like that, in time enough to fight. <laughs> probably not. You know what I, what I always wondered in the movies? You know, like, and I got to go back. Tom Poe's probably, well, he's probably training some shithole gym, but still, like, yeah. he's in the gym. You know, um, Ivan Drago's in the state-of-the-art gym taking roids, yet people like Van Damme and Stallone, they're training in, like, the jungles, chopping trees and stuff, and, and then they yeah. managed to always be. Why are gyms even in existence? I mean, you could just go out in the jungle and do it better. I'm going to open I'm gonna open the gym in an abandoned part of town, and all I'm going to have is wood and rocks and sleds. <laughs> And maybe a tire if you upgrade your membership to platinum. <laughs> and then you got to police that tire. You got to make sure that the the silver members don't be picking up the dirty tire to throw around. But then if you get the if you sign up for the whole year in advance, you get a sledgehammer to hit the tire with. Yeah. Now, fans, if you're not following the DVD, it's more training. Van Damme's getting his legs spread open again with this contraption where you know. Yeah, well. Jean pulls the. Um, the uh, the strings and it makes him spread his leg. Now that like, I, I swear, like I'm just waiting for like a guy to crawl out of the bushes right there and take advantage of Van Dam. That would be like the ultimate endurance and pain test. Get him to kneel. Yeah, to kneel. You know that would actually be a good uh, you know, a, a erotic film for the Tennille to make a comeback in is Thailand with Tennille. <laughs> Or he could become a wrestler, and that could be his, his finishing move. Remember how X-Pac did that Bronco Buster where he stuck his nuts in your face? That could be the Tennille. The Tennille, yeah. Man, they always had a, I don't know if they had to, you know, maybe do different takes or something. He always had a beautiful spinning back kick. He really did. I think it's the best, you know. Unfortunately, they didn't even really let him do it that awesome in Expendables 2. Um, didn't he, when he killed, uh, who was the guy that he killed? The, the, uh, what's in him, uh, the brother of the guy from the Hunger Games, or no, the guy from the Hunger Games, uh, Thor's brother, Hemsworth. 
Yeah, Hemsworth. Liam. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he kick the knife into his heart? Yeah, he did. That was cool. And then he kicks Stallone twice in the final fight, but it looked like they just reused like the same take. It's weird when he kicks him. That, 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 that suffered from being too too dimly lit. <laughs> too iPhone shot. <laughs> no, we just part three is just poop. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, part three is a huge disappointment, but it, I'm not going to lie, cousin. I liked it a lot more than most of the shit I see at the theater. Now, there was just a quick, like, I, I don't know what you call it, comic relief scene of the brother in a wheelchair in a hospital and then grab the brother in the wheelchair grabs the nurse's ass. Like, where, mm. do, you, where do you think Charles Bronson would come down on a guy like that? Would, would that get you shot to death? He would have cracked, crashed through the window. Yeah. <laughs> Then after five minutes when he got up, he would yeah, he would probably done something. Yeah. Here comes your favorite scene. This actually is my favorite. Okay, let's let's describe where uh, Zian is uh, taking Van Damme and what Van Damme's wearing here. Now, this is a bar that appears to be a boathouse on, on the river, doesn't it? It's a tough bar, too. You can tell these are all seedy-looking people here. Yeah. Like even the Except guy, for that guy there in the acid wash jeans. Yeah, well, even the guys that are there with, like, their girlfriends are staring Van Damme down. It's like, are, okay, are you here on a date with your girlfriend, or do you want to fight Van Damme? He's, he's wearing, like, white pleated pants, but they're pulled up very high, like, you know, like, past his navel, I would say. Yeah, Van Damme. And this weird, like... uh That's so weird. It's a tank top, but it's got, like, almost... It looks like there's suspender straps there hooking it together. And it all... Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if it is this pair of suspenders, the more I think about it, and then he's got the pants on over him. But it looks like it's uh, almost like made out of like a wetsuit material or something. Because the back of it is just, yeah, no, that's not a, I don't know what the hell it is. And now they're giving him all these kamikazes to drink. Yeah, it looks like a shirt you would wear when you was like on a jet ski or something. Or maybe like if you're working out, maybe... It's it's very disturbing this beach. shirt. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. It's like a suspenders tank top type deal. And he's loaded. Yeah, uh, Zian makes him drink all this alcohol here. Well, and, I think I'm assuming see how his balance is. Yeah. Now, why didn't that guy punch Zian for grabbing his woman? I mean, Zian's basically pimping these these girls here. Yeah, it really is. This girl is uh. Not much of a looker, I wouldn't say. I don't think any of them are. I don't even think my Lee is, to be honest with you. No, my Lee's okay. Okay, she's this, the best of the bunch. But this, yeah, this other girl's a little bit better that just got up. Now, now you know we can't hear the sound, but this song is the lousiest fucking imitation soul dance song I think I've ever heard. This side of fucking it, this, this song two. is this song is so bad it belongs in a Tarantino film. <laughs> it does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Van Damme's going. Soundtracks in history. Yeah. Van Damme's going now doing his. What would you describe this dance? He's shaking his ass like he's like he's the hooker. You know what like I mean? He's on, like he's on Soul Train. Yeah. Like a. But he's like getting a, down though. He is getting down, but it's very clownish. He does the splits. He's wearing cowboy boots too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I always remember when Kevin Sullivan used to wear sweatpants with cowboy boots. That's kind of funny. Actually. It's a great fashion statement. Yeah, here now these guys are coming after him. Yeah, because Zian's basically saying, you know, he's dancing with your women. What are you gonna do about this? Yeah, and they all jump even, up. Even drunk, he's beating the crap out of all of them. They're all trying to break glasses and stab him. He's just beating the shit out of them. 
Well, and he's beating him up very slow too. Yeah, yeah. See, and that—that's the guy that those two guys work for. The guy that works for Tong Po. Yeah. Oh, this is who a the great... fuck builds their bar around yeah. a big hole? <laughs> it, it's like a dock. Like you could, you could it like is. take a canoe into there and get up out of the water and start drinking right away. There's his patented double kick. You know when he jumps up. By the way, I love how Van Damme is like perfectly sober when he's fighting, and then he's instantly drunk when he finishes. Well, I think that took everything out of him. Yeah, but that dance was something else. Feel better, you take some more booze. Yeah, that dance really took a lot of, uh, inspired a lot of what do you call gifts on the internet. Yes, it did. I was looking for a pic to post on the Facebook page, and yes, I I couldn't find a picture without it starting to dance. (laughs) I know. Actually, in fact, on the Conan O'Brien show a few months back, maybe about six months ago. They had Van Damme on, and they got him... They actually played the same lousy song and got him to do his dance again. Now, what what part does Van Damme play in the new Kickboxer remake? You know, I have no clue. Is like, he the trainer? Is he the Zian part, maybe? Or is he just going to pop up for five minutes? I think I think he's the... I think he's the Zian part. Like, not Zian's character, but that type of role. Let's see. Because it got him, like, last minute for... Okay, it's called Kickboxer Vengeance. Yeah. And then the one Albert Punyon has been making that gets pushed back every other week is Kickboxer City of Blood. Yeah. Uh, I don't put a lot of bank in that. Yeah, this movie's not going to uh, do well. Batista plays literally Tong Po. Like, he's actually Tong Po. Jean-Claude plays Master Durand. So, obviously, that's going to be the Zian character. Gina Carano plays Marsha, whoever that is. And then Alain, or Alain Moosey plays um, Van Damme's part. And then Darren Shalavi, who I think has passed away now. Yeah, he passed away in January. He he plays like the uh, Latino gentleman. Is that the guy that like died in his sleep from a heart attack or something? Yeah, that's that guy. So how long has this movie been finished? Probably a while, because he died in January of 2015. Yeah, we're 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 like 11 months later, and the movie ain't out yet. Yeah, well, not only that, but it says it's coming out 2016. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he finished his part, but they weren't done with the movie. Well, also too, the tagline is a kickboxer is out to avenge his brother's death. So. Uh, maybe they didn't need him anymore. Yeah, I think that's what happened. And this is actually directed by John Stockwell. Uh, if that name doesn't ring familiar, he was actually an actor in the '80s. He played like the, the you know, not the nerd, but the other main guy in Christine. And then he went on to become a um, director as well. Um, he's directing this movie, but he's directed like um, let's see, Blue Crush, Into the Blue, Teristas. I actually liked Into the Blue. Yeah. He directed Cat Run, which I never heard, but a lot of people say is good. I hated Teristas. Yeah, that was that shitty horror movie, huh? Yeah. With, like, yeah. Killer Plants or something. No, that was... No, the that's The Ruins. Teristas was just, like, some people went on vacation and somebody was killing them, I think. That's right. We missed it here. Van Damme had his first kickboxing match. Oh, did now the... And now the, uh, what do you mean now, did they? Would you go to another room? <laughs> no, I was looking at the, uh, the kickboxer information, cuz. He's like, calling out, he's calling out Tong Po now. Oh, yeah, this is where he shows up. He's like, I want Tong Po now. 
Which no, once so, again, do they not have rankings yeah. or a matchmaker over here? I mean, even WWE wrestling has number one contenders. Yeah. Now the, the the black guy from earlier who we haven't seen for like an hour in this movie now he's Van Damme's corner man, and uh, all the people are chanting Nak Sue Cow, which is Van Damme's nickname. I have no idea what it means. Yeah, I think it's the white cow. That's a great nickname. It is. It makes you sound like you're a uh, sacrificial lamb for Don Here's his brother still held up in the hospital. Now, is it me or did you get the impression his brother was almost jealous? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Because you would think the brother would say, no, don't do it because you're going to get hurt like I did. But it does seem like he's jealous instead. That's a man has to explain. I'm stronger. I'm faster than I've ever been before. I want to tell I think he's... Is this where his brother's coming here now? Yeah. Yeah. His brother's not wearing shoes either. Mm-mm. I think he might step on... Oh, never mind. Now, we're literally almost exactly an hour into this movie. And, uh... You know, like, nothing's really happened in terms of, uh, you know, getting revenge yet or anything for his brother's crippling. So I think that was it, was the pacing of this was, um, I mean, the, the training and everything was kind of cool, but it was, uh, they, 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 the whole intro, the whole plot begins within the span of 10 minutes, you're all set up, and then you have almost, like, every bit of an hour probably before the you know a big fight yeah there's a lot of shenanigans out in this countryside i think they could have done a little more with um like before the brother got crippled like maybe an extra 10 minutes before he got crippled you know maybe had him have some fights under his belt yeah why is why is Boro young not in this movie i think he was busy at the time wasn't he doing what well, he, he probably had a lot of things to do down on the farm and all that in the country. Well, actually, he had a shit ton of movies in the 90s. He had the Shoot Fighters, the Tiger Claws, the, the TC-2000, you know, with Billy Blanks and the Android. Yeah. The, the Terminator really inspired a lot of cheap, like, robot kung fu movies for a while there, didn't it? I'll tell you, though, you know, the you know well, this is the 80s graveyard, but to me, the best straight-to-video action movies were the early 90s. Because that was when you were getting, like, five a week. Yeah, that was during the, um... Do you remember when video stores first started and the first direct-to-video movies were, like, homemade videotape movies? Oh, yeah. But, like, after, like, what, five or six years of video stores being really big and they seeing how much money you can make? Because those homemade shitty movies were making a couple hundred grand. They realized if you spent, like, five million on a direct-to-video movie, you can make, like, ten... 15 million in rentals and selling tapes, you know what I mean? And remember the Blockbuster, they only would get like one or two copies. They call that Hot Single was the name of that big wall. <laughs> really? At least it was here. It's Hot Singles. And yeah, it was just like basically that was where your straight-to-video movies were. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, but they were... Uh, I used to get them all. That's what, And I used to watch them. I have, you know, a huge collection. Unfortunately, they're not all on DVD, so I've got like... DVDs, laser discs, different regions. I mean, I've, I've reaccumulated all of them, but they're all the majority of them. Are blood, what? The, how many? I think there's nine blood fists. For God's sakes, Ugh. too many to keep up. But but in all honesty, like the, like legitimately, the direct-to-video movies from back then, 
So some of them had higher budgets than like the actual movies in theaters now. Because I remember by the time whatever that was late nineties when the Weinstein's did those Dust Till Dawn direct yeah. video sequels. Yeah, Th- those each each had a budget of ten million each, and they still made a lot of money. So that just I shows like the you. third one. You like the third one? I like the third one. I didn't care for the second one. See, I'm exactly like you. The third one's a prequel. I thought it was good. I thought the second one stunk. I think the TV show's great. I've only seen season one, but I did like it. It took season me a while to get used to it, but I like it now. Season two is 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 very different because you know there's so much now. It's we're past the movie, you know, but yeah. it's it's very good. That girl is gorgeous too. That's on the show now. Yes, it was Santaco, Pandemonium. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I thought mm. for a second I thought you were talking about Miley Lee because Van Damme's kissing her right now. Yeah, making out in the jungle with the fake lightning. Yeah. Why is this movie rated R? I'm trying to think. <laughs> Probably because all the hookers, wouldn't you think? Even none of them are naked. Even well, in the titty the, club, they all had on clothes. No, no, they didn't have clothes on. They had like pasties on their nipples, but they, you can still see their boobs. Still. Well, there is a raping. Well, I won't have me to judge how bad that rape is. Okay, cousin, uh, you're you're like me. You keep up with the the new releases. You see the new movies. They're all PG thirteen. What was the last time you saw a rape? I mean, in the eighties graveyard, we see a rape every week. But pretty much. But, but in the we should change this to the eighties rape show. The eighties rape yard. But um, yeah, these PG thirteen movies. I've never seen anybody get raped in a modern PG thirteen. Uh, no, hold on. I just watched. I spit on your grave three. Oh, and that was rated PG thirteen. Oh yeah, good point. Um. Yeah. Hmm, PG-13 movie where someone gets raped. I'm going to have to get back with you on that one. I'm going to get the I-team to investigate. No, I'm sure in the 80s when the PG-13 first came out and the movies were like borderline R, maybe a rape scene in one of those, but not now because PG-13 is like G used to be. I think the most famous rape scene is Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, but the thing was, was that like people went along with it because that was a rape scene they like they fantasized about. Everybody fantasized about stealing a cheap Halloween mask and having sex with some other guy's. But the girlfriend. nerd clearly raped her. Oh, he did. He did. But it was funny back then. Yeah, it was. It was a comical rape, wouldn't you say? Just like in you know, can't buy me love. You know, human trafficking is funny. Now, also too, in Revenge of the Nerds, after um, he raped her. Uh, they fell in love afterwards, so that was probably a dangerous message to send the young would-be rapist, yes, don't you think? Yes, they're saying that you, thank God, that Paul Kersey wasn't around, because Louis Skolnick wouldn't have stood a chance. That's actually a great, well, I guess you can't do it now because Bronson's dead, but that's actually a great idea for a, uh, a, a like a spin-off merging sequel, whatever you want to call it, where Paul Kersey... should have been what part two was. Yeah, where Paul Kersey has to... Track down the Trilams <laughs> at Adams the, College. Revenge of the Nerds 2, Death in Paradise. Yeah, Death. Cousin, where are you at on, on Revenge of the Nerds? Is that something we're going to do for this show eventually? I really like the first The first one's a great movie. I've let my son watch it. I had it queue through a few parts, but uh, yeah. that's a very good movie. I, I didn't like any of I hated I probably like the made-for-TV one better than the second one. Yeah, I didn't like any of the sequels, even part two. Oh, I, I only like the first one. But then again, there you go. R-rated comedy, PG-13 sequel. Exactly. That's a, that's a bad pattern to follow. 
Van Dam just got the note that he's going to get to fight Tong Po, but his his brother's whining. Yeah, his brother's really not even trying to like wheel after him. He's just screaming like he's stuck. Maybe he's stuck. Yeah, maybe there's some mud he got stuck in. Could be. Now I will I say this is a pretty badass like... fucking training scene right here. Who the fuck trains like that before a fight? And I'd have my clothes off. What if his clothes caught on fire? Yeah, well, there's like uh, metal spears, I guess, that uh, Zian uh, heated up in the fire, and he's swinging them at Van Dam. Like, it's cool as shit. I won't lie. No, yeah, look, it almost looks like a lightsaber, wouldn't you say? For some reason, Van Dam's hallucinating of ancient times. Yeah, of ancient warriors on these. He's dreaming of the the Mortal Kombat tournament that decided the fate of the mortals a hundred thousand years ago. Where you at on Mortal Kombat? Um, when it came out, I was so disappointed that it was PG thirteen. Over the years, I kind of it's kind of a fun movie. I started watching the sequel is god awful. Uh, like yes, I, the sequel's I, dog shit. Oh, it's, the sequel's like not even. I wouldn't even call it a fucking movie. It's just like mindless dumb shit yeah the first one's i actually really like the first one yeah i got the first one on blu-ray i'm 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 actually kind of halfway through uh watching uh, part two again on netflix streaming i'm about halfway through it i'll probably finish it this weekend i can honestly tell you i never to this day have finished watching part two I saw it in the theater, and like when I started watching it last week, and that's this is only the second time I watched it, and it was just as bad as I remembered. Have you watched Ash versus the Evil Dead yet? Nah, cause I'm I'm gonna wait till a Blu-ray or something for that. I only mention that cause you know the original movies took place in the '80s. That's right, and I'll be happy to cover all. Well, not part three. Here comes Paul Kersey's scene. It is Paul Kersey. There, I think I saw him looking through that window with the camera. Yeah. Now, uh, Tong Po summons, uh, gets some young toughs and to round up Mai Li. And they bring her into, what would you call it? It's like a rape shed, this is? It's got, I've said, anything in an abandoned waterfront is, although he's got electricity and everything, he's like, that's his rape room. He's getting ready. Doesn't he have a mattress there? <laughs> now, what, what do you make of the scars on Tong Po's face? I can tell they're scars if he's just Vaselineing up. Well, there's like a big gash over his right eye. It looks like a rubber scar. You know, he has to beat her up first. Yeah, that's so I didn't really strange. get that. You think you'd beat her up when you're done. Or or maybe he just had a slap around so she stopped fighting. But she wasn't fighting. She was being restrained by two guys. E- either way, let's talk about that. Even, uh, you know, aside from obviously Spit on Your Grave franchise, because that's based on a whatever... But just like cheap movies now, they don't really use rape as a motivator for a hero anymore, do they? No, I haven't seen it forever. Yeah. Do you think it was just because like over time, you know, uh, women were getting offended from it being like thrown around so casually in these movies? Because I do have to say like these movies, like when the hero finds out his girlfriend's been raped, like he gets really pissed. But after he uh, like beats the bad guy up, they act like the rape like... uh, you know, emotional aftermath is gone once he beats the guy up. And I, I don't think that's how it really happens in real life. No, I don't think so. What made no sense is they don't tell him. No one tells him that she got raped. It's Tong Po that says that when he's beating the shit out of him because yeah. they don't want him to know. 
Yeah, they're afraid his his emotions will like you know whatever. Because that was actually the whole reason why Tom Poe raped his girlfriend, Miley, was uh, he he knew that it would just drive Van Dam nuts, and that Van Dam would then lose the fight because he was lose his head. You know what I mean? Now it, it didn't turn out well with poor Ali Sheedy got raped. No bad boys. No bad boys. Because Paco Moreno got he got beat up pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, because the 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 mob Tom Poe's mob boss borrowed like a million dollars to bet on Poe in the fight, so they're doing the insurance. You know, they're yeah. here they're coming to kidnap the brother, and yeah. you know they want to get they want to make sure. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, Zian had a lot of uh, booby traps set up at his hut. Yeah, this is the only part I didn't like when they killed the dog. But did they kill him? Because I, I thought the dog's like walking around later with a bandage around his stomach. Maybe. Yeah, I know what kind of fight they think his brother was going to put up. Yeah, yeah, because they throw a throwing knife on the dog, and then you tell that was a reverse shot where they had the dog get up off the ground, and then they reverse it so it looked like he was falling on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I was watching an episode of the show Under the Dome last night, and somebody had to kick a dog, and it was like, I mean. <laughs> It wasn't even like the guy fake pretended like he was going to kick the dog. He just like waved his foot slowly. And then like there was a sound looped in of a dog crying. And then like the dog casually walked away. <laughs> Cousin, I'm going to fuck you like you fucked me. I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. All right. Go ahead. Any problem. I'm coming. All right. And welcome to the GOAT solo edition of the 1980s movie graveyard here. Here we have the scene where the aftermath, where Van Damme comes back to the, the, you know, the village here, and he realized that Tong Po's thugs have, uh, you know, kidnapped his brother. They're probably raping his brother at this point. I mean, the movie don't say that, but that's kind of what I infer here. And then uh, uh, Van Damme's uh, buddy here, his fellow American, uh, comes up, you know, oh, I'll get the van, that you know, we'll, we'll get revenge, we'll get this, we'll get your brother back, all this. So clearly Tong Po having the upper hand of beating the shit out of his brother, raping his girlfriend, that's not enough. Like, you know, they need to, you know, do all this other shit. And it's uh, Winston, he wants to get revenge here. But, uh, you know, Van Damme, I don't know. This is this is the only part, he's like, this, you know, this movie's long enough and there's enough training and complications to get this fight. I will say, you know, stabbing this dog, kidnapping the brother, a little bit unnecessary. You know, we didn't need that layered of a plot going in this. We just need, you know, we had the revenge, whatever. We're taking the dog to the doggy hospital to get that knife pulled out of his side or whatever. I'm back. Yeah, I was just, I was just saying that, you know, this extra wrinkle, because we've been waiting for him to fight Tong Po since, like, the opening ten minutes. We probably didn't even need to do with the third subplot, because we already had the rape, too. We probably didn't need the third subplot of the dog having to go to the hospital, did we? <laughs> No, especially in a movie like this. Yeah. You got to keep it simple. Because, I mean, you know, the, uh, you know, he's fighting for his brother getting paralyzed and then his girlfriend getting raped. You don't need to think about the dog as well during the fight. No, no, he's he's got enough on his mind. Yeah. All right, now this is probably, maybe not now, but I remember at the time this was like the gimmick of this movie was a crunched up glass. You remember everybody making a big deal of that? Oh, yeah. Now they do it in, like, garbage wrestling. <laughs> do they? Remember in ECW, even Axel and Rotten had the match. 
I guarantee you a thousand percent this is probably where they got the idea from. Oh, yeah, I think they made it. Yeah. Now, it's weird, too, because, like, Miley, after being raped, and, I mean, obviously she's rooting for Van Damme, but she has to dress up in, like, some ceremonial garb to be the uh, the glove girl or whatever she is here. See, here's what don't make no sense either. Everybody's betting on this. Why wouldn't you have it at a big arena? Yeah, make more money off of it, right? There was pay-per-view back then. But was there pay-per-view in Thailand? I don't know. I better get the eye team on that one, too. Well, obviously, they're remaking this movie with Batista, but let's throw that remake out the window, and let's 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 cast our own version, cousin. If if you and me were executive producing a remake of this movie, who would you who would you put first of all? You, you know, everything pivots on the Tong Po rule. Who would you have as Tong Po? You know, nowadays that's. Uh... I hate to say it, but that's almost so hard to cast. Yeah, because there's nobody who's, like, really tough now. You know what I mean? There's not possibly in the Van Damme role. May, I'd like to say Jason Statham, but he's almost too old. Yeah. And Paul Walker's dead. Paul Walker would be good. He would be good. He would have been good. All right, this is kind of like a different spin on it, cousin. Actually, well, by today's standards, Tom Poe would be played by Tyrese. Actually, I could fucking see that and just re- relocate the whole movie to Jamaica or somewhere. Yeah, and then I would think, obviously, for the Van Damme character, you'd want to get Ronda Rousey. Oh, she's already busy remaking. Okay, this is what I'm thinking. All right, hear me out. You go for a different spin. You get some comedy in it. Okay, for the Van Damme role, we get Chris Pratt because he's all buff. And for the <laughs> Zian role, we get Ken Jeong. That could be good. I was going. I was thinking Jack Black for a minute, but he's already the Kung Fu Panda, though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah, that that. Yep, I I get I get where you're going. Yeah, with a little bit more comedy, and then and then I because we would have these comedic guys. I would probably um I would probably get rid of that rape storyline. Mm, yeah, maybe she just gets beat up and accosted because Charles Bronson's yeah. dead now, so. Doesn't he lick his tongue here? Yeah, on the glass. You would think that would hurt. <laughs> yeah. But Tong Po wants to show everybody how hard he is. Man, damn, is it me or is he kind of put a little erotic kind of twist there? Yeah, I was going to say, when, when he put his hands into the glass, it was very, uh, very sensual. Yes. I think that's where he tells him, you know, we got your brother. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, you gotta make it look good and go down. And the he says, you got basically gotta get beat up for how many rounds? Because speaking of, you brought up Ronda Rousey. You brought back a uh, source spot. I actually had to, with twenty minutes left in the episode, I had to delete an episode today of MLW because Conan and Kurt Bauer would not shut the fuck up about Ronda Rousey. I put up about. Eight minutes of Ronda Rousey talk. Fast forward five minutes, they're still talking Ronda Rousey. I just deleted the podcast halfway through. I don't like Court Bauer because every week he tells you what WWF is doing bad. It's like, but they couldn't have been doing good with you. They fired you. Well, not of that, but it's like, okay, we all know WWE sucks. But here's the thing. The people that are fans of it, they're not going to stop being fans of it. So, Kurt Bauer, stop trying to fix it. Because it don't need to be fixed. Like, if you have a broken product that people love to buy, why would you try to make it better? 
needs to worry about making Ring of Honor better. Exactly. Or Triple A or wherever the fuck he works now. I like how when MSL came back, everything changed, and now the MSL show's free. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> Conan didn't want to split the money with them anymore. How much money could those guys possibly be getting off that? Yeah, because like the subscribe subscription's twenty bucks a year, and like there's like what fifty people doing shows on that network. You know? Thank you. What does Conan get his royalty check for a hundred dollars a year? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about the matchup here between Tong Po and Kurt Sloan Van Dam. What do you think of this matchup in terms of the guy's height and their and their whatever? Because like. Tong Po's taller than Van Dam, but Van Dam actually is to me looks more muscular and thicker than Tong Po. Yeah, I would say they'd be in the same light heavyweight class. Yeah, possibly middleweight. See, but yeah, Tong Po definitely has the reach advantage. See, that's that's what I was about to say. The uh, like a traditional boxing. Oh yeah, Tong Po would eat this fucker alive. But for what they're doing, where you're allowed to go for the legs and stay low, like I think Van Dam would definitely have the advantage in this fight. I mean, all you got to do is grab your opponent, basically, and get him in a clinch. Yeah. Easier said than done, though, when you got glass all over your hands. Now, what did you think of the um, extra, uh, like, homoerotic touch of that? They wear loincloths with the little, like, uh, sack in the front that holds your nuts. This was a strange choice, I thought, for ring attire. You think there's a lot of homoerotic stuff in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Like the scene, like the training scenes where... Zian keeps uh, spreading his legs wider and wider. Yeah, putting meat in his pants. And, yeah. I don't know. It's all kind of creepy. Yeah. I like how Van Damme's corner man is his woman. Yeah. Well, since this is Thanksgiving, Corey, let's be thankful that we don't have to uh, get our legs spread open by an elderly oh, Asian gentleman. That's true. Paul Kersey would watch out for me. Yeah, he would. Well, now that Paul Kersey's passed into the afterlife, he's probably like a rape um, guardian angel, wouldn't you say? Do you think he watches that Japanese series, Rape Man of Edo? I bet he does, and I bet it makes his blood boil. I bet it does. He's going to come out for revenge. Yeah. I'm waiting for that Death Wish remake. I am, too. I bet it doesn't involve rape. Mm-mm. I bet it does I bet it involves, like, tax fraud or something. <laughs> That's that the most politically correct sense. thing you can do in a PG-13. That might even just be PG. They're going to go for yeah. the whole crowd. Yeah. Young and old. Am I the only one that falls asleep during those Creed trailers? Yeah, that looks uh, that looks really extra boring <laughs> and like been there and done that about ten times already. Uh-huh. The last good boxing movie was Grudge Match. Yeah. Actually, I will agree with that. The problem I have with Creed is who decides to undergo a professional boxing career for the first time at age 32? In honor of their dead dad they never met. (laughs) Exactly. That's a real flimsy plot line. And ask the guy that beat your dad and basically ended his legacy to help train you. Exactly. The same guy that didn't throw in the towel and let your dad get killed. (laughs) Exactly. Now, here we have the assault part of this because you know there's the ring of death fight whatever going on but there's actually a separate action scene here where, where Zian has to rescue the uh, crippled um, brother Sloan is it David Sloan 
Well, Van Damme's name is Kurt Sloan. I forget what the yeah. other Sloan's name is. The other one, is. I think, is David. No, it's Eric. No, David Sloan is uh, best Sasha Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, this one's Eric Sloan. How come if it's a fight to the death, they have rounds? Yeah, that is, well, maybe that's for betting purposes. Well, then shouldn't Van Damme have been disqualified? Because the last round goes like 10 minutes because he steals the bell thing. Well, I don't think it's really a, a timed round. I think it's just a round in terms of, uh, you know, getting your rapes in. How did they know where this rape uh, warehouse was? I don't know, but they did, didn't they? And wh- wh- did what, they... Do you, what do you think of Winston coming in here in silhouette? He actually has the same gun that Arnold had in Predator. Well, what I want to know, too, is... Is it very convenient, luckily, that it was just a few blocks away from where the fight was going on? Well, to be fair, Tong Po rapes all his victims. You know, he, he was planning on winning the fight. He was probably wanted a quick getaway after the fight so he could come rape this uh, disabled gentleman here. <laughs> it could be. I never thought of it that way. Now it all makes perfect sense. I have to say, uh, if I was remaking this, I would have Chris Tucker in the Winston role. Oh, I don't know if I go to... I hate Chris Tucker. How about Wesley Snipes? Well, no, because when... uh, The reason I say Chris Tucker is when Winston came in there and blew everybody away, and then they showed you who it actually was shooting everybody, it was supposed to be played for a laugh. See, I liked Chris Tucker when I saw Dead Presidents. I thought he was, like, such a good actor, and then he just went the lazy route of stupid, annoying comedy. Well, well, he was a stand-up comedian, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah, but he wasn't funny. Right. I thought he was pretty good. Well, I'll put it this way. I thought he was awesome in all his R-rated movies. Once he went PG-13, it got a little dicey. I will say that. Once he made Rush Hour, he disappeared because you don't see him until another Rush Hour comes out. Now, let's jump back to that that rape warehouse rescue scene. There was actually a guy at the end there that, like, jumped out to attack. And Zian, like, took literally, like, a hook on a, a, I don't know what you call it, like a... A pulley like or whatever or yeah, yeah like he hooked a guy up his ass like literally a, a giant like meat hook type thing went up a guy's ass and they pulled him along the ceiling with it that's pretty harsh don't you think that's the rape hook that's the <laughs> old number two <laughs> Tom Poe is just too tired to rape properly he brings out the rape hook Tom Poe is slicing the shit out of Van Damme heart yeah. punching him there Van Damme's mixer I mean be, the, Especially, I mean, anybody really. Like, maybe if, you know, maybe somebody with a gut like me, you could probably slice it and be my skin, but, you know, just mostly get a flesh wound. But with Van Damme, how tight his abs were there, the way he got sliced, that would probably, like, literally tear his abdominal muscles, don't you think? Yeah, because he has no, like, padding. So no, no, there he goes. Not. You bleed like my Lee. Yeah. My Lee. Ooh, fuck. Ugh. Like, it's not in slow motion, but when he says good fuck, it's almost, like, slowed down. It's like, <laughs> Paul Kersey probably shaking right now. And instead of believing it, like, Van Damme, like, he just instantly knows it's true somehow. Well, and, uh, tell me, because I think they, didn't they allude to that it, she was, like, a virgin until he raped her? Yeah, that's horrible to have your first sexual experience be with Tom Poe and his rape shit. Well... And again, though, he is a national celebrity. He liked the, he's the Bangkok Mike Tyson. First of all, fans, we're not making a, a light of a real life rape type situation incident. 
we're just commenting on how commonplace it was in these films, at, you know, in the form of entertainment back in the eighties. Like and you gotta how put unintention- how unintentionally comical some of it was. Yeah, I mean, you, you like when you listen to the nineteen eighties movie Grave, you, it's it's not twenty fifteen anymore. It's nineteen eighty six. Like you you have, you have to put yourself back into the mindset when a lot of shit you know it was okay that wouldn't be okay now. See now they now they the brother just came back and they're all chanting "Go white cow." So yeah, the white cow. Gonna, so now Van Dam and and in the thing that I didn't understand. Number one, why Tong Po ain't beating his shit out of him here? Because the bell already rang. Right. But number two, he has him take, this guy has sliced him open left to right. He's telling her to cut off, you know, he could his get weapon. his revenge. Good here, yeah. Yeah, he wants to fight bare-fisted or whatever. He don't want to fight with the uh, the glass uh, gloves on. The glass I would have cut that fucker's throat. I would have cut his eyes. I would have cut oh, his nuts. Yeah. I would have took that knife she had and cut him up with that. Fuck yeah. Cripple my brother. I would fucking rape my girlfriend and fuck you up. He seemed to care more about the girl. Who, me? But the, no, Van Damme. Oh, Van, yeah, I Because the brother was kind of mean to him. Yeah, like they were brothers, but he, I mean, how close could you really be as a brother, you know, to a guy who's from a completely different country? Yeah, I, I really don't get that. I liked it better when he played his own brother in Double Team. Or not Double Team. Double yeah, Impact. No, Double Impact. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good movie where the, the twin gimmick kind of worked. I would say that's the only one where the twin gimmick kind of worked, to be honest with you. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. Yeah. And it was because uh, the twins had such different personalities in that. And to his credit, he played them both very well. He did. And that had Bolo Young in it, too. It did. Bully Young made a return as a Van Damme movie. Now, what did you think of Van Damme's, like, kicks to the face there? That looked a little stuttery edited to me. Yeah, it was a little. There were no knockout power in them kicks. Do you know as Van Damme won every movie fight with this jumping spin kick? He did. And, like, you really get to see a lot of Van Damme's ass in this fight, the way the loincloths are uh, cut or whatever. And, like, you, every time he does a spinning kick in slow motion, you just see his bare ass. Like, do you think that was a strange choice? Like, I don't think action heroes now would want to be showing their bare ass in a movie, like, nonstop like that. I think they're just trying to give the women something, too. Yeah, I, this I think is a cool. Like, this is a cool scene here, too, where he just, where they slow-mo, where he jumps over the... The fire. Tom Poe coming in with the fire, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what about the the rules and regulations there? They're just going to allow Tong Po to come into the fight with a torch? Well, according to me, though, this round's over. Winston Salem's over there, stole the fucking gong. Yeah, Van Damme does the double punch of the solar plexus. There it there. is. Yeah, more naked ass kick. That kid, that's his pet. To this day, he uses that kick in movies. <laughs> he does, he does. And Where also, this is a Van CVD. What's that? Where are you at on JCVD, the movie? It's a pretty boring movie until he gives that speech at the end, and that speech is fucking awesome, I thought. I thought the intro was kind of cool. Yeah, you know, Where he's like, in the budget. But yeah, I gotta agree with you. It's really fucking boring. Yeah. Because he just gets, like, held hostage in a um, post office or whatever. For, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. Now, this was a, another Van Damme staple of, like, when he finally beat the guy up at the end, then, like, there'd be, like, lots of long, um, slow-mo takes of him, like, yelling. 
What do you think about that? You know, you get used to it. It was still the thing with Van Damme. All his fights usually ended. Every movie fight he has, it's him basically getting the living shit beat out of him for ten minutes and then making the big Hulk Hogan comeback. Yeah, that's true. Where his slow hand cigar just beat you up for two minutes and that's it. I mean, I like I like Van Damme as an actor and fighter better, but I like the cigar approach better. This is like one of the tip. Here's your typical '80s ending right here too. Yeah. Yeah, the dog. It's just been really. Yeah. Well, he also kicked the uh, gangster bookie guy in the face, too. That was like the exclamation point on beating time. Four. See, I would, like, after this, after he hugged everybody and all that, because he won the fight, he should go back to, like, stomping Tong Po's head till it, like, bursts like a fucking watermelon. Well, see, in part two, you find out that they, like, they show after this fight, like, everybody spitting on Tong Po, because, like, he's disgraced, and he's a loser and everything. I like how they call Tong Po himself, even though his name's Michael Kasai, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 to be fair, the, like, the actor wasn't looking like himself. He he did have prosthetics on his whole face to make himself look different. I think they got a cool character out of it, but, yeah, then you just find out that Tong Po is disgraced, so he killed both of them. He just shot both of the brothers in Thailand, and... You know, then when he comes back to figures he can get his honor back by fighting the last Sloan. Yeah, which is really makes no sense. Plus, it didn't end well for him either. No. Well, yeah, here's the thing, too. I, I bet if there was some way you could go through and, like, like you had every movie from the 80s, like the DVD or whatever. I bet if you actually, you know, added them up, I bet there's probably more 80s movies that end on a freeze frame than ones that don't. I think almost uh, one other one. We've done other ones that ended on a freeze frame. Yeah, didn't Beverly Hills Cop end on a freeze frame? Yeah. Uh, Death Wish had the cool ending part too there where you just yeah. saw the silhouette of, of him yeah. with the toucan. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. Did that freeze frame end on the silhouette or did it end at him saying, where else would I be? No, it was after that. Then it ended with the freeze frame on the silhouette. Okay, yeah. Form School Girls, I think that freeze-framed. I think so. I got a couple def- of unaired episodes that freeze-frame ended. <laughs> yeah, to-be-determined to episodes. Ah. Uh, I think one of those episodes is going to have to wait till spring break, don't you think? I think one of those episodes, I got a feeling, is never going to air. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the burning. Yeah, that, that didn't... Did you ever listen back to that one? No, but I know you were pretty sick, so I'm going to see if it's salvageable or if it's just something that needs to be reshot. Because there was some good stuff there with the, uh, it's kind of funny, we're teasing an episode that will never come out, maybe. <laughs> I tried my hardest, fans, but I was sick as a dog that day, and I still did the show. Yeah, and for weeks and weeks afterwards, and we kept trying to, oh, do you see the still photographer this movie was Poon? No, see, you don't even get a, yeah, there it is, Poon. Yeah. And Odd. And yep. Ud's <laughs> uh, Ood's busy. He's there again. Bang did the special effects. <laughs> and Tawi was the stand-in carpenter. <laughs> Thank God they had Tui for first day. Yeah, no, God Tui probably saved their lives in this. But yeah, I think Wait, there was some good stuff on that episode when the guy got burned up. We were talking about it, but we'll see. Yeah, I'll have to double check that. Yeah. I just didn't want to burn the fans out. See, I like to let the fans decide what they want to hear. And I think the fans were telling us that they were tired of hearing eight horror horror shows in a row after a while. Yeah, that's Cause I, kind of the special. So. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we did a couple of them, and that was good. But, you know, 
I'm really not trying to be the you know a baller and shot caller of horror talk radio personally. No, there's 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 plenty of horror shows out there you can listen to on a weekly basis. Stan Bush did a couple of the songs. I think he was the lousy singer that did the uh, vocals for um, the Transformers the movie songs, like the Touch and all that. Stan Bush, the cartoon. Yeah, it wasn't that Stan Bush. God, I don't remember. I haven't seen that cartoon forever. All right, cousin, look at the credits. What does this mean at the end of the credits? It says goodbye to bugs. I have no idea. Did well, you they see were in that? the jungle. They're probably glad they didn't have to film in that dirty jungle anymore. Could you could you imagine if that was the original title of the movie, Goodbye to Bugs? <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme in Goodbye to Bugs. That could work. That could work. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Stan Bush was the guy who did the... Uh, imagine that's a horrible um, career there. To uh, yeah, Stan Bush, the touch you got the touch for uh, kickboxer. He did never surrender, which is pretty <sighs> much the same song as uh, <laughs> the Bush. <laughs> What's you got the touch? What movie's that from? Transformers. Yeah, it's from something else too. Yeah, Mar- the Marky Mark sings it in um, uh, Boogie Nights. Thank you. Yeah. That's a good movie. Even though it takes place in the 70s and 80s, it was made in the 90s. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure would be nice if we could partner and get up with a 90s show, wouldn't it? Yeah, because you're never going to hear us talk about Marky Mark Wahlberger. <laughs> no, not in the 80s. No, he didn't do anything. I don't even think he was singing in the 80s. He was He's a kid. committing crime. Yeah, he was doing crimes in the 80s. He was beating a unfortunate Vietnamese uh, man to half death in South Boston. Yet he finds that kind of funny when he talks about it in interviews. That is weird. Team. Like, when that comes up in an interview, like, Mark Wahlberg, he, he doesn't really get, um, like, remorseful about it, does he? No, he kind of just shrugs it off. <laughs> Jeez. The, the, see, see, fans, uh, in the real life, you know, not everybody gets their comeuppance like they do in the 80s action film. Oh, no, you need, you need movies for the comeuppance. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that poor Vietnamese guy didn't train with nobody to get his revenge. No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't even have a Z in there to uh, spread his legs to help him get Paul Kersey was already dead, so. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, we that... gotta do American Ninja, cousin. All right, we'll do it. We'll find a way. Where there's a will. Do you remember uh, when you would watch TV as a kid in the 80s? There'd be that commercial for uh, for parents to soak their money uh, to try to get their dumb kids to uh, get good grades. It was a program called Where There's a Will, There's a There's an A. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Yeah, it was like it was like something you would. Um, actually, I think I even had it. Now I think I think my grandpa or somebody bought it for me or my cousin. And it was like an audio cassette, and you listen to it in a book, and it tells you how to study to get good grades. That shit was always the commercials were always on TV. Where there's a will, there's an A. Yeah, I can't remember that. Yeah, it was it was weird. My family didn't care about me though, so <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's coming if we ever do the Corey G shoot interview. Yeah, that's right. Well, today's Thanksgiving and we have things to be thankful for. I'm very you know, this year, twenty fifteen, I'm very thankful that we launched launched the uh nineteen eighties movie graveyard. Yes, I, I'm. I'm in shock how highly successful it is. Shockingly successful, right? There was other uh, labors of love that we had that, after years, 
uh, couldn't touch the success that 80s Graveyard had in its first month, wouldn't you say? No, I mean, the two of our shows combined don't touch well, what this show does in a true. week. Not even Bird could get numbers like this. <laughs> no, Bird did not bring the ratings. No, yeah, we did a Bird uh, special and on one of our other shows, and it, it was not the success that we hoped. Yeah, you still have another show, whereas I don't. That is true. You, I just retired. pop up on yours a lot. That's true. <laughs> you just guessed them. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that we have a podcast, and I'm thankful that we have lots of awesome 80s movies that we can watch for the podcast. And I'm also awesome thankful fan. that, yeah, I'm thankful for the fans who enjoy these 80s movies just as much as we do. I'm thankful that I learned a Tukey is really slang for a beanie. There you go. That's something to be thankful for. So, yeah, so now that we're being thankful, before we sign off, just want to say thank you to all the listeners. And most of all, not just for listening to the show, but for having the love of the 80s movies, for being like us and realizing how good they really were, you know, were and are still enjoyable to watch. Let's keep this shit alive. Keep it alive by going to our Facebook page, you know, listen to the show, of course. We want you guys to post on the Facebook page, too. Tell us what your favorite 80s movies are and what you like about them and, you know. Tell us if you want us to cover a movie. We'll take a request. Yeah, we don't care. We'll let the fans decide. Who did that for the fans? <laughs> who did that? Who did that? Who did, who did that for the fans? The little fans decide. I like that second run podcast, cousin. That's poop. That's poop, cousin. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. And, uh, yeah, kickboxer. Odd choice for Thanksgiving, but, you know, watching all this raping and crippling, I am thankful that I can get up and walk away from this microphone and not have anybody rape me. There you go. So, yeah, catch you, catch you movie fans next time. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, man. You could dance, uh, dancing? Yeah, American dancing. Disco. Oh yeah, dancing. I'm, I'm good. Why?